A stu stu Studio D production. Did you have a flight of the Concord tonight? Oh, yes. We watched them all. Food. Yes. I will make muesli. I will drink beer. Yes. <laughs> I'll buy you a kebab. I can't believe that I'm sharing a kebab with, with the, the most beautiful, beautiful girl that I've ever seen with, with a kebab. I tell Sage that all the time. Why I'm don't like, we leave? <laughs> Let's go to my house so we can feel each other up on the couch. Oh no, I don't mind taking it slow. Oh no, yeah. You guys are awesome. <laughs> I want you to perform that at George's party. Oh, I would. George wants us to sing stuff, and I'm like, I don't really care. Oh but if I could sing Fly of the Concourse, I would do it. We but have to start practicing. Sit down, I want to tell you a story. A really weird and messed up story. With murdering ghosts and gobbly ghouls. It's all really fucked up, so don't you be fooled. I, I told everyone I get the... It's left up family story time. I know all that. I used to be able to play it on piano. Oh, I used to be able to do a lot of things. Me too. <laughs> oh, welcome to humanity. That you're old and can't do all the stuff you used to do. And also yes. welcome to effed up family story time. I'm Salem. And I'm Hannah. And here today we have Jess. Hi. And Kel. Hello. <laughs> all right. I'm scared of Salem right now. Why? She's excessively chipper, and that's weird for her. I think Salem's quite chipper. She's not you. <laughs> I have regrets. I was just happy with. <laughs> I was just happy I with myself regrets. about how I rolled right into that introduction. I thought it was great. I, it was great. No, I had some real Ben Kissel vibes flowing. I was like Ooh, channeling. I know that reference now because I've listened to one episode of the <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Guess what episode it was? She was just so like, and we have Jess and Kelly. And I was like, oh. I just said, and Kel. Yeah, she just said, oh, well, and she didn't even she lost her, her name. I, she I lost felt a her little bad because I didn't for you. give you more. Sometimes I do that, and then I'm like, I'm not giving the same I, energy yeah, the, to I each felt it. listener. I felt that you didn't give me the same energy. Guess what episode of the last podcast on the left I listened to? Um, 76. It's one you've never listened to, obviously, if you didn't know anything about my last story, because I listened to Teal, Teal Swan. Swan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. It was okay. Uh, That's what I think, a Teal Swan. Yeah, she's a bitch. I mean, allegedly. Wow. That don't was... come at me. Why are we so gross on this show? Why can't we be civilized human beings? Um, Because fart jokes are funny, Kelly. Fart and burp jokes are funny. <laughs> objectively, true. not subjectively. They are I mean, objectively like, hilarious. That's fair. That's fair. No matter how much people pretend to have a higher love, love for higher quality, you could even get grand grand to laugh sometimes at a fart. Yeah. Do you remember that joke that Grand Grand told us? <laughs> the who farted? Yes. Well, you just told the punchline. <laughs> so I can't tell it on the podcast now. I didn't know you were going to cut tell, it out. Cut tell, it out. Tell the joke. Mind, it's too Sam, late. No, Salem can cut it out. So. <clears throat> or it'll just leave You mean it. the story about the horse racing, Kelly? Yeah, that's the one. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. <laughs> it's where I can't remember how it goes now. <laughs> all right. All right. 
right, guys. Guys, we are all oh, wait, betting. I uh, okay, do you remember? Yeah, but the punchlines ruined it because the name of the horse was Hoof yes, Harden. But if Salem cut that out, then the listeners this, don't know. I think this is funnier yeah, than telling all, the joke, it's, though. It's all over. This is this is it. That's pretty funny. Let's tell the story. <laughs> Are we ready to get into the story? I don't know. Isn't that what we're supposed to do now? Yeah, I guess so. That's what we I can do. You're in charge, Kelly. Yeah. That's right, I am. Because Kelly is telling the story. I am. I'm telling part two. So last week, we talked about the dark side of the unregulated self-help industry. Why are you talking like that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so our first episode was all about Teal Swan, a spiritual healer and guide who manipulates people and harms them. Yeah. And today we're going to continue on this vein by looking at, there's just a whole bunch of different uh, it, like companies and people out there who are kind of doing the same thing as Teal Swan. And so we have to think about kind of the times that we live in and the fact that the internet and YouTube have really changed access. That these people who have some sort of higher level of thinking or knowledge or experience that it, that they believe is worth sharing with the world. And then those individuals who are in need of support or help or guidance and are seeking like that sort of, of thing. So it's like easier for these two groups of people to find each other. And while things do still take place in the real world, like at conferences or workshops or retreats or things like that, so much of this is happening just on YouTube, mm -hmm. on Facebook, on the internet. And so we're going to talk a little bit today. First, we're going to talk a couple different things just kind of about this industry and and how the work of trying to help people kind of gets muddied when when individuals prioritize their own money and ego and things like that above the wellness of people. And one of the stories we're going to talk about today is really based in the internet. Like, that's where they do a lot of their work. Like we said last time, I'm not villainizing the industry as a whole. And I'm not saying that there aren't really, really good people out there who are doing their best to spread the knowledge that they have and their experience that, that they have to help other individuals. I think that we're focusing on a group of people that clearly are crossing a line. Yeah. And I, I think that anyone that we're talking about today, like the, the last person I'm going to talk about, you know, we'll discuss, might be a little bit more gray. But this first group that I'm going to talk about, it's really clear that they're crossing a line, kind of like with Teal Swan. Like there's a line being crossed. As a whole, like we said last time, I don't think that you need to have, you know, therapeutic training or a degree to be able to help people. I think the really important thing is you need to be upfront with your, your credentials you need to know your boundaries and know like there's no freaking human on this earth that doesn't have some boundary, even specialists. Like even if you go to a medical doctor and they're like, oh, here's my boundary of what I know. I'm going to refer to you to a specialist. That specialist doesn't know all the things that that doctor knew about like general family practice right. or whatever. Like everyone has their own circle of knowledge and circle of influence and all of that stuff. And there's only, so everyone has to have a boundary. If someone says, I am the end all be all, I know everything, they're a fraud because every single human has a, their own scope of knowledge and understanding. I did f come across, this guy had a video on YouTube. His name is Coffeezilla or something like that. I'm not promoting his channel. I don't know anything about it, but he had one video where he talked about like the 10 red flags of gurus. And he said that if they have one or two of these things, like they might still be okay. Like just be critical. Like everyone, you know, is 
trying like there are people who are trying to help and genuinely can help. But if these red flags start piling on, then you start to have a sign that this is not an individual that can help you. Well, let's go ahead and talk about another example of when people take it a little bit too far. So has anyone heard of the Twin Flames universe? Yes. Yes. Is that some fantasy book? No. Uh, then no. Oh, I want to know what you've heard. Should I just tell you the story or should I find out what you've heard about Twin Flames? Twin Flames, I did. I listened to a series of podcasts that talked about the Twin Flames in a spiritual aspect mm-hmm. as far as like meditating and getting to it's I can't remember exactly but it's like meditations that I'm not going to be able to put it in good words this was like (laughs) fucking over a decade ago that I listened to this podcast but um I mean it was a lot of meditation that would visualize like light and vibration and use color this is what but the twin flames was like a meditation that they that they had and they would talk about the twin flames but i don't remember the specifics but i don't know if that has anything to do with what you're talking about no i think that it's interesting because i think that um it that gives a little context to the the fact that like the concept of twin flames is bigger than this group that i'm going to be talking about and it's something about like your it's something about like your twin flame like your other yes. like your mirrored yes. soul yes. that's it well, yeah that's what i've heard so hannah what have you heard about twin flames? um i think i've just heard about it in like the concept of that like your twin flame is basically like your soulmate kind of mm, but okay. it's not always necessarily romantic like it's platonic and mm, okay yeah your soulmate it's is just often like that not a romantic other version of you Essentially. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay. a, like a, like a mirror. Like I always yeah. kind of thought of it like a mirrored. Your doppelganger, kind of, kind of. <laughs> Your soul. I mean, ga- but it all it all goes back to the the myth of how humans were created with two heads, four arms, and four legs, and Zeus was jealous and worried they'd be able to overcome him, that they'd become stronger than him, so he split them in two. And then, so they were doomed to spend the rest of eternity searching for their other half. And so it doesn't necessarily mean it's romantic. It's just something that was a part of you that you fit together with. Yeah. Yeah. That's all really, really interesting. So some of that is definitely going to align with what we're talking about here today, but it also sounds like I have some new information that I can share with you also. Definitely. After Greek mythology, I'm done. So everything will be good (laughs) for me. All right. So we're going to be talking about an organization that is called Twin Flames Universe. And so that organization is created by uh, Jeff and Shalia. Those are not their real names, but they had to change their names because of spiritual something, blah, blah, blah. So Jeff and Shalia created Twin Flames Universe, and the the intent was to help others find what they claimed to have, which was a perfect relationship with their twin flame. So Twin Flames, the idea of Twin Flames, it shows up in a variety of spiritual teachings, and it goes back before Jeff and Shalia began their own teachings on the concepts. It even sometimes pops up in mainstream literature on love every now and then. So, like, I saw it in an article on Allure, like, what's your twin flame? How to find your twin flame? Or, like, on the Goop website, I guess they talk about twin flames. It's a catchphrase. Yeah. So it's kind of, like, bridged that, like, mainstream to, to more spiritual um, world, I guess. <laughs> gap a little bit it's the new soulmate twin flame yes people have used it in that way so 
Jeff and Shalia, though, even though they go, the concept goes back before them and like it pops up all over, Jeff and Shalia have put their own kind of structure and rules around it when they created the Twin Flames universe. So we'll mostly talk about like their concept of Twin Flames, but there is this like bigger, you know, conceptual like it pops up in like other spiritual places. It pops up in other religions, other mythology, um, and it has a root. Like even their Twin Flames universe version has kind of a root in this larger, you know, contextual understanding of it. But if we're looking at, at the way they describe it, the concept is that Twin Flames are two halves of one soul. So it's a little more of an expansion on the idea of soulmates, in that it's not really like two souls who are like destined to meet each other. But one soul that is split in two. Mm-hmm. And the way they talk about it is kind of like you only have one twin flame, but you could have multiple soulmates because you only have one person that's the other half of your soul. I will say that some other people who follow like other teachings about twin flames don't necessarily believe it to be romantic, to your point, Hannah. However, in the twin flames universe, they really frame it as romantic partners. I know you're going to laugh every time you hear Twin Flames Universe. <laughs> they also abbreviate it as TFU. It's like it's like so hubristic to create a universe. Like, yeah. And then every time you say it, I think of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, it just feels like some ridiculous. In Twin Flame Universe. Yeah. So in Twin Flame Universe, Twin Flames Universe, their ultimate goal is for individuals to find their Twin Flame and join together in harmonious Twin Flame Union, which is abbreviated Ew. as HTFU. HTFU. That just feels... Yeah, it's already a little gross. By the way, we're following... I keep forgetting to to frame this. We're following the same, like, um, process of, like, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So this is all still in the good, and everyone's already yucked out, because that's where we're at. I just want to say, this is not the place I got those podcasts from. (laughs) Not at all. The concept of Twin (laughs) Flames is bigger, and it it itself can be a beautiful concept, and anyone who follows or believes in, in this idea, you know, this is not shame on that this is shame on very specific the twin flames universe yeah yeah where superheroes find their soulmates yeah (laughs) so again just kind of like teal swan last week hundreds of people have claimed to be helped by twin flames universe and like many other types of life coaching or spiritual guidance organizations those who had success often end up becoming coaches and guides for others so this is when we get a little hint of that kind of hierarchical pyramidal structure. It's not, I know pyramidal may or may not be a word. It's no, I not like it. I like it when you say it. It's not um a pure pyramid scheme in the way it works in that you have to recruit people beneath you, but it does start to create a hierarchy and you and it does start to spread the knowledge and you have all of these other coaches. Whereas with Teal Swan, it was she has people who are doing the work for her. But, like, there are people who can go out and have their own Twin Flames business. And they are providing Twin Flames. Like Scientology? I don't know. Not not really. (laughs) But, like, they had their own little centers. And that's what you did. And you ran it. And then you funneled people into the bigger center. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Maybe there's something there. Believe it or not, that was the good section that they, you know, they have these teachings where they're trying to help people find their twin flames and a lot of people feel like they've been helped and then they go on to be coaches and 
all these people are in harmonious union with their twin flame. They they join the primordial, primordial, pyramidal, <laughs> primordial, pyramidal, yep. the primordial scheme. pyramid. Yep, they're in. But let's get into the bad a little bit of this. So, in the journey to find their twin flames, followers are guided by Jeff and Shalia or other coaches in the Twin Flames universe. So, followers actually look to Jeff and Shalia to confirm that a particular person is indeed another's twin flame. So, that means they have a lot of power over these unions and, like, who is with who. Sometimes Jeff and Shalia even play a more direct role in guiding a follower to their twin flame who can actually be someone they don't even know or someone who's not interested in a relationship with the other person. Jeff and Shalia claim they don't really tell people who their twin flame is, but they literally do. And there's tons of occasions, uh, according to multiple anecdotal accounts of their experience, where that is what they've done. How do they decide? I don't know how did Z-Bar or whatever that Scientology alien guy was decide who got to marry who. Yeah. They they have received divine guidance. Like, they, they know. Kind of like Teal. What, they know who is supposed to be with who. What happens if their twin flame doesn't believe in twin flames? We'll get to that. Okay. Mm. Yep. All right. So, Jeff and Shalia are doing... The Lord's work or something like that and they're connecting people together sarcasm sarcasm <laughs> they're connecting people together everyone's gonna you know find their twin flames and live a happy life um however uh as you're on your journey to find your twin flame some people have it easier than other people do like some people just match up everything's happy some people have struggles strugg- struggles struggles <laughs> jeff and shalia and the other coaches tell their followers that once they have determined who their twin flame is they should go to great lengths to achieve harmonious twin flame union even if one of the pair doesn't agree or is maybe seeing someone else or is maybe married or is even of a different orientation than would work in the pairing. So like someone who says they're not gay, but they have been told that their twin flame is of the same gender. Ew. Yep. So with the encouragement of coaches who are telling them you must go to great lengths to achieve your harmonious twin flame union, some people have moved cities and countries to be near their twin flame. Others spent years trying to convince an ex to take them back. Others pursued uninterested people so diligently it became straight up stalking. So that's what happens if someone is not into it. They they tell them to push it more and more. If they were going to get away with this, they should always find a match for them within the Twin Flames universe. Even in that, there's some difficulty, and we'll get to that as well. So they're not all just brainwashed to listen to them? Um, It's complicated. Okay. It's complicated. But before we get to that, though... The, let's talk about their primary practice in Twin Flames Universe that they kind of promote that people need to do. And this is the mere exercise. And this is we're going to get into a little bit of a similar thing we got into with Teal Swan last week in that there's some good things in this. And then there's also some maybe not. So the mere exercise is based on the principle that your entire external reality is a reflection of your inner world. And you can only experience a pattern in the world that is already within you. So the practice involves taking external experiences and inverting them inward because what you experience externally is a reflection of your inner state. So here's an example on, that they have on their website. So you would take the thought, I'm upset with my twin flame because I feel rejected by him because he is ignoring me. 
and you would take all those external factors and turn them inward. So you'd say, I'm upset with myself because I feel I am rejecting myself and I am ignoring myself. Oh, yep. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. That sigh, that. <laughs> Maybe. It feels like it wants to be good, but yeah. it just also, it feels like it's not. Mm-hmm. Like taking personal <laughs> responsibility to the extreme. Yes. It is because <laughs> like, I could be paying all sorts of attention to myself and my twin flame could be ignoring me. Yeah. Like that's yeah. where, like, I think that both can be true. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Say, I don't know. I think that there is, I think part of it is, the way I would see it, it's not a bad exercise because I think that what you have internally is represented in the physical world. I do think there is truth to that. And it's almost like rewiring your brain. If you have those exercises, it's kind of like, yes, maybe my significant other is ignoring me. Why does it bother me so much is well, more the thing. Right, but that's yes. not yeah, but that's not what they're doing. They're putting the blame on yeah. themselves. It's like you as a general rule, you are not responsible for other people's actions or like how they treat you. Yeah, but and the f- but then it's like telling yourself that you are responsible well, f- for right. it in a way. I get what you're saying. Like I would see it as as saying like all right, I'm upset because of X. The in, and looking inward, and instead of saying like I'm ignoring myself, so it's you know my fault. Saying like, why do I feel like they're ignoring me? Or you know what I mean? Like, well, maybe I haven't told them that but I want them to pay attention. You know, I don't feel like it has to be a negative thing, though. I don't feel like it has I think to the be way that like you're saying. It. Like yes. I can say That's because thi- I'm yeah. ignoring myself, it can almost be comforting because it's like, oh yeah. All I need is to just for me to comfort myself. I don't need. That's right. You know, I say this. I say, I am feeling this way because I am ignoring myself. I'm not giving myself enough time. Let me spend some time with myself. And I think that process also is helping you identify what you need in the situation, which is a really good reflection tool to be saying, like, what do I need and how can I help myself meet those needs? I also think the other thing that comes up a lot in variety of spiritual teachings is this idea of your energy, the energy that you like hold within yourself and the energy you put out in the world attracts like energy so that if you are looking into yourself and like there's a whole bunch of stuff about the law of attraction a lot of these different guru groups follow like the law of attraction and all of that Um, and this is one of them that kind of aligns with it and so it's this idea that you know, I'm looking inward into myself to identify where I can shift my um, energy so that I can attract that energy externally because right now, where am I projecting a negative energy that might be attracting negative back to me? Mm-hmm. And there's so much mental health good here too, like in terms of like accountability and reflection and taking responsibility for what you can change and the sphere of influence and recognizing where you can't you know, control, but like what you can control and how you can change your situation and you have the power to change your situation. There's a lot good here. I don't. I, I do agree with like putting the burden. I don't w- like putting the burden on. I don't want anybody that's already struggling to feel like this well, is my fault. Mm-hmm. I think or there's something wrong with me. But, I think for me, what it was was just it, the simplicity of. Yeah, for I sure. am 
what I'm upset with myself because I've been ignoring myself. You yeah. know, like it's very literal, like literally change every word of you. Right. To and me. I think that's oh, what bothers okay. me, like r- introspective thinking and inner reflection are very, very important. But the idea to me of taking I'm mad at Hannah. Hannah gave me a dirty look. And that really bothers me. And saying, I'm mad at, I'm me. Mad at me because I gave, me a, I dirty gave look. me a dirty look. Like, you know what I yeah, mean? I totally agree. So that is the crux of it, Jess. I think that it is the oversimplification. Yeah. So what we have here is not dissimilar from Teal Swan or like really these are examples of multiple organizations that are doing the same shit out there. And what we have mm-hmm. is someone taking a concept that might actually make sense. Maybe it's based in research. Maybe it's based in years of spiritual practice. Like, you know, either of those can be valid. Either of those can be valid. But they're taking this idea that has some validity and then they're oversimplifying it mm-hmm. or they're shaping it to their advantage or they're saying that it's only only works if it's through them or they're doing these things that just yuckify it. I hate that well, only works through them. Scientific thing. term yuckify. <laughs> well, and it's the one size fits all. Like you'll notice that as therapy and psychology and psychiatry advance, doctors are more open to different reasons why people might be having the same symptoms. But this just this and teal just puts everybody in the same box. Everybody needs the exact same thing to get better. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would actually say teal is a little more individual because she'll do individual work with people. For Um, how much? But yeah. But then there's all those (laughs) other things that come along with it. And it all still is yeah, guided by these same kind of overarching concepts that are a little messed up. And these people do individual work through the coaches as well. So even if they, I guess I'm saying even if they're pretending to kind of be more individual, I agree with you that there is this kind of like, this is the way you do it. This is the the answer. And especially in this group, I would say. Because how trained are their coaches to be flexible and follow the Well, they're not mental health trained. Exactly. So what are they trained on to follow a procedure? Yeah, they're trained on all of Jeff and Shalia's bullshit. All right, so the next piece of this is exactly what we've been talking about, that the third step in this, so like you take your statement of what is upsetting you, you invert it. The third step is that you're supposed to ask yourself if this statement is true, and the answer is always yes. So this gets into the the challenges that you're saying. It's not saying like, is this true? Let me actually be reflective and say, you know, this is a thought exercise that gets me to reflection. It's saying, it is true. This inversion is absolutely true. So Jess is mad at herself because Hannah gave her a dirty look. Uh, or no, sorry. Jess is mad at herself because Jess gave herself a dirty look. Like, yeah, that is true. That is true. Period. That Full stop. That would, like, imply a look in the mirror ever. That requires a lot of mental gymnastics. And that's exactly <laughs> what comes next, Hannah. So then you're supposed to just, like, kind of list the reasons why it's true. So then you're just looking for the evidence right. that supports what you've already decided on. So this is definitely kind of the found like this is the most mental healthy practice that they do. And it's very problematic based on some things that like, oh, reflection work is good. Like, okay, let's do that. And then also very rigid, very one size fits all um, and very yucky. So, well, and I it, it reminds me and this would be like an extreme example, I guess. But like bad self-talk, if you have mm-hmm. like general poor self-talk about yourself in your brain all the time you're supposed to tell yourself and search for the reasons why that's not true yeah but they're like creating this the bad self-talk in yourself forcing you to accept that as truth and then also making you look for 
things to the validate reasons, yeah. that. <laughs> right. Yep. It, they're I, like staging the crime scene. And yeah. I did something similar to this in therapy once where like I was meant to kind of look for the reasons where my um, like cyclical weird thinking was true because then I was supposed to or like look for the evidence of it because then I was supposed to look at that evidence and say, is that really true? And the reality yeah. was that it wasn't like I have this fear that like so and so is going to be mad at me if X, Y, Z happened. So I was supposed to look for that evidence and then look at it. Is that true? And even if it was true, like, yeah, so-and-so is going to be mad at me, then you're digging deeper and saying, but what will happen if that happens? What's the end result? So, like, again, there are snippets in here that are like, oh, that's, I kind of did that in therapy, but not like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not like that. All right. So let's talk price for all this shit that you get from Twin Flames Universe. 20 bucks. So they also have a ton of free YouTube videos. They came out of this this world of like putting their content on YouTube and connecting with their followers in that way. And they have Facebook groups and things like that. Uh, but there are also plenty of ways to throw away your money. <laughs> um, they mostly provide online pre-recorded content, which is a theme with these gurus because then they can pr- record it once and then they can spread it a million times. Some of them will even do things like have really misleading advertising, like saying it's a live workshop, but it is a recording of a live workshop. So it's not actually live and they don't actually specifically say that. So there's definitely some shadiness here, but the online pre-recorded content is pretty common and I'm pretty sure Jeff and Shalia were upfront in it. They have a variety of workshops, pre-recorded workshops, an e-course, a collection of sermons, and it ranges from $99 for four hours of content to $799 for 25 hours of content. $99 for only four hours of I content. I could have gotten yeah. 200 yes. for 80 from Teal. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Teal's at least given us I a mean, deal. I yeah, mean, it's right. better at least. Yeah. I would be very interested to see what their e-learning looks like. <laughs> yeah, for sure. As a trainer. So <laughs> Twin Flames Ascension School is uh. also available. And this is $2,222. Or $3,333, which I just kind of hate that that's what they're doing. But whatever. So depending on the level. So they have one level, the lower level that's uh, about $2,200 is called a one-class access. I think that means that there are lots of videos within one class, I think, maybe. Um, and then they have an upper, the upper level, 3,301, is an all-class access. Because then it says, like, one class access, 100 plus hours, and then all class access is 300 it's plus probably hours. Like, so it's like a course. Algebra so. online, okay. you yeah. have multiple. I think that's yeah. what it is. But it's a little hard to actually know what you're getting in that. Like, they don't really describe it. All of their freaking description, like, read more about this um, type of thing that you can get, is just like, we asked some of our people what what this particular class means to them. And then they just like put all that together underneath there. And I'm like, what am I getting? What would you give me? It's just really annoying. So then they also encourage weekly one-on-one Ascension coaching with an approved coach who has to have gone through their program. That ranges from $75 to $200 per session, depending on the coach, because they can, you know, set their prices based on what what their level is. And there are some master coaches and there are some regular coaches. So that depends. And then they also have some group coaching options that are only $20 a week. 
So there's oh, a, there you go. So there's a cost-effective one for you. So, you know, if you at the least, if you want to watch the free videos and do $20 a week group coaching, you can do that. At the most, you can pay for everything on their website. Uh, how much do you think it would be? Teal Everything Lifetime Membership was $2,000. 400 Half a million. Four. $4,444. It used to be that amount. Oh, no. Did it really? did. But it's gone up. It's $7,000 now. Oh, my God. Wow. 7777 It's actually just... 6999 oh, And I was like, damn. pick a theme and stick to it. Um, but with that, you would still have to pay up to $200 a week for coaching. So even in like the lifetime membership, you don't coaching get the Because the coaching is different. Like well, unless you're coaching with Jeff and Shalia, they can't control what you're paying with your coach. And, they and don't that's really coach probably their way of getting away with not paying their coaches very much because they make their money if by very much you mean nothing at all yes do they not pay them at all they don't pay their coaches i was giving them the benefit of the doubt in my statement but i know so (laughs) to wrap this up and then we'll take a break um we haven't gotten to the ugly yet by the way we're gonna break Uh, before the ugly we're gonna come back with the ugly and then wrap up with just kind of a discussion on on the industry as a whole so to be a coach it's really they say that they have like you have to complete their trainer coach thing. But from what I've heard and what I've read, you basically just have to take in and pay for all of that content. I was just going to say you have to pay to be a coach, don't you? Yeah, you pay for the content. Once you have consumed all of their content, then you can be a coach. And that's like basically all it is. Like I can't I mean, they say easy, you must easy. pass the trainer coach, but everything that I find like that's what it is. You just have to consume their content. So to be a master coach, you do have to then coach for like 100 hours or something, and then they'll give you the master coach. So you have to be doing it, which that's actually kind of cool. So if I want to be a coach and charge 70 to $200 for a weekly session, I first have to pay $7,000. Basically, yes. Okay. I don't know if there are ways I'm... to access just pieces of it, but like they basically said you have to take all of the content. Okay. All, so I, that's $7,000, right? I like just that's... needed that in very black yeah. and white it's, terms. It's like going to, it's like getting a, a certificate. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Like, like a post-degree certificate. I mean, you got to pay for that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. But this is my career. I'm investing in it. This is going to, I'm going to be able to open my own business. I'm going to be I've, able to charge $200 a session. I have never seen a certification that costs $7,000. $7, I know. Yeah, I have, but it not like not often and like it's way more substantial and it's just like how much content do we get so i'm not thinking a lot if i could only get four hours of content for a hundred bucks yeah well so let's see um you know so how much am i really getting for that seven grand so i mean they have they say the 7.99 is 25 hours of content but then you also get all the other things so i don't think it's as much as teal i think you're right it can't be I want to say it's got to be less than 100 hours of content. But I don't, But then it also said the classes in the Ascension School. That's the thing. They said, it said if you have the all class pass, it's 300 plus hours. So 300 Which is still plus not 25. that much for no. $7,000. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's not. It's absurd. It's, and then I'm not going to Harvard. Yeah. <laughs> and you're walking out with a Twin Flames Universe <laughs> coaching yeah. certificate. Exactly. Like, if I'm not walk- Let's be real. <laughs> if I'm not walking out of there with a superpower, you're not going to seven grand. Where's my clairvoyance? Where is my Twin Flames Universe power? Yes. So what's interesting is despite all this money that they're bringing in, which just seems absurd, people who work for the organization 
often have very labor-intensive positions with tons of stress and zero pay. So, for example, one example, and uh, there's a Vanity Fair article about these guys out there. If you're interested, it's a long-form article. It's pretty interesting. There was a couple that were twin flames in Harmonious Union, and they were named VPs of sales. It paid nothing, and it was a lot of work to be vice president of sales in an organization. They were at the time from their own coaching business after they had already paid to get the coaching certification. They had their own coaching business using the Twin Flames Universe stuff. They made a com- combined $120,000, which is not nothing. $120,000 is decent for a couple, but not that's for them from their own coaching. That is not on par with a single person's salary as a VP of sales in most businesses, yeah. Yeah. and it was combined. And the reality is $120,000 for a combined salary these days is it's not rich. It's not nothing. It's not nothing. I want to be really clear because I don't want to speak from a place of privilege like they only made $120,000. It's not comparable to what their title was. And they were getting none of that through their actual work for the organization. And so it's like they had two jobs, essentially, and one of yeah. them was a volunteer position. Yes. You know? Yeah. And the the more the more labor-intensive one was a volunteer position. Was a volunteer position. position. <laughs> and people so, talk about how the positions they would take were very labor-intensive. I know, because I'm thinking VP of sales has to do a lot of work at a company like that. They don't, they're not just sitting in their office thinking strategically while they're minions go out and do stuff like well especially because they're bosses as far as i can tell jeff and shalia don't do shit so like (laughs) other people are running the business Mm -hmm. and yeah ain't that always the truth that's right (laughs) let's take a break i mean and can we fault anybody for doing that if they can i mean all of us i think would do would own a business and not do anything if we could get away with it. But not if it I would, was at the onus of my employees. Yeah, I would yeah, take care right. of my employees. Well, no, that's what I'm saying, them. though. And ju- like, I wasn't saying and not pay them, but like, we all aspire to build a company and have it do well enough that we benefit without yeah. doing anything. That's <laughs> all I'm you saying. Can convince yourself, like, if you can get wrapped up in your own. I don't know, ego so much that you convince yourself that you're doing them a favor by allowing them to work alongside you and learn about your inner working so that they can make their own money as they're doing their own coaching business or whatever your delusion is. Like you can convince yourself that you're giving them something by them being able to volunteer it's, for your I, work. I can yeah. understand that sense of entitlement so easily being a fucking musician because yes. everyone wants oh to God, pay yes. you an exposure. Yes. And yes. it's like, you're welcome for like letting you play at this fucking wedding yes. for absolutely yes. nothing. Go the fuck home, you fucking heathen. Like, <laughs> like for play here for your exposure with for your all, exposure with for the 10 people in the audience. Even paying attention yeah. to you will have no idea what your band name yeah. is once the wedding's over. Like... It's not exposure. <laughs> yeah. So they can be delusional. Anyway, let's take a break let's and break. come back later. Hey, little Shemmies. Thanks for tuning in. While we were on our break, I just wanted to let you guys know how you can get a hold of us if you wanted to send us an email with your spooky stories. I'm still waiting for you to tell me those so I could tell them to you. Our email is ffsthepodcast at gmail.com. We'd also love to hear from you on the various social media sites. We're ffsthepodcast on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook. You can find us at E-F-F-E-D up story time. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in. We love you, Shemmies. And uh, back to the show. 
energy or time. I was just <laughs> elaborating. She Ain't set the stage. Ain't nobody got time for that shit, shit, right. shit, shit. Ain't nobody got time for that That's shit, mean. shit, shit, shit. <laughs> no, Salem was one that said she didn't have time. I just made it into a song. Because we're all about parodies now. It's not mean to take someone's words and turn it into something beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) It's not. Uh, uh, Do you guys want to know? Do you all, do you people want to (laughs) know? Yes, I want to know it all. (laughs) I want to know. I'm just thinking that. Can you show me? Yeah, I will show you right now. You ready? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk about the ugly side of Twin Flames universe. Ah, <sighs> Here we go. Twin Flames, universe. Twin Flames universe teaches that all love is between masculine and feminine counterparts. Ew. Already, ew. I know. Whether some... I said that weird. Whether... <laughs> Whether someone is masculine or feminine is defined by their energy rather than their body. So someone may be masculine in a female body and vice versa. Okay, that's I'm down with that sentence. Yeah, yeah, yes. What is your question? Who decides what gender their energy is? That's a good question. Should I wait till later? Okay. Yes. So for this reason... Um, because the reason that I just said, and sorry, I'm reading without. So for the reason I just said of the whole, like, you can be masculine in a female body and vice versa, Twin Flames Universe positions itself as a champion of LGBTQ plus acceptance. Or, or creation. Mm, yeah, we'll get to that. Like, I mean, if I mean, I'm still just on the who decides what their How? energy yeah. is. How but there's they be supportive if they say they that love can only be between right. a masculine yeah. and a feminine and energy. Yeah, exactly. The, You're already right. there. So the soul, like, yeah. Because they say that, uh, that it is masculine and feminine energy on a soul level, not your bodies. Which means you can have two female bodies. You can have a you know, female and a male, but the female... Or then you can change your 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 bodies to be with what you identify as as your gender and that love is still there so there that in that piece like yes but if the masculine energy is in a woman and the feminine energy is in a man so whatever right Mm -hmm. wait no wait i'm trying to say so like the masculine yeah the masculine energy is in a Female body. Female body. And the feminine energy is in a male body. But then they could have a relationship because they're... But, okay. But it could also be, in their mind, a masculine energy in a male body and a feminine energy in a male male body. body. And that's... They're they're chill with that. But then... So it's still on a body external sense. I still feel like... Super LGBTQ. I feel like a Except only on a masculine and feminine can be together only, at the core of our being. Yes. And then like already <laughs> that eliminates an entire pop like percentage of our population who don't identify exactly. as either male masculine, I should say. I or guess feminine. I don't so, exist. So, so yeah. do they so, not have any I'm sort of out. energy? They they say one and I'll let me keep going oh, a sorry. little bit I'm because sorry. I think actually this next Line, Yeah. So this next line I was going to say is they go on to say we're all created with 100% masculine energy or 100% feminine energy. (laughs) So that is the piece that is I'm totally with you, like not at all like uh, uh, in line with our, our current LGBTQ, not current, like just the LGBTQ 
what am I trying to say? Identities. I I will say I know a decent amount of like queer people who kind of adhere to that as well, where they're like, oh, if you're in a a fucking gay relationship, one of you is the man and one of you is the woman. It's still like very binary in that aspect. Yeah, that's still something that a lot of queer people don't fully understand the idea of like the spectrum for both sexuality and for gender Mm -hmm. identity is not like let alone with straight people (laughs) right yeah but like within the community itself it's still something that people have to talk about yeah i mean absolutely it's still a piece of conversation and that's also not uncommon in other with other identifying like markers as well like there are people of color who cause harm to other people of color and you know have um, you know, microaggressions towards other people of color within that community. There yeah. are people with disabilities. There's a huge mm-hmm. spectrum of like thinking that you have an acceptable disability if it's not a cognitively impacting disability as compared to people who have like Down syndrome or or like even um, like autism can end on be up on, on both ends of that. Autism can be like the more acceptable diagnosis these days, or it can also be kind of the one that everyone looks down on. Like it's that is totally not uncommon for for sure. And so I think that that is why and also like you have to acknowledge that Twin Flames universe like some of their ideas, okay, like that is in line with what um proponents of similar ideas would agree with, I guess. Like my words aren't coming, but like so the idea that, you know, what your soul is and how who you identify as may not match your body. Yeah, there. We're there for sure. Only, yeah, they're like only slightly transphobic. <laughs> but, and it really is specifically with like non binary, like they're very, very discriminatory against non binary people, but based on their teaching, because they say you are 100% feminine or 100% masculine. So it's like they think that they're, I mean, I, I don't think this is a similar too, to your point, Hannah. Like there are a lot of people who, I mean, let's just do it. Let's just bring J.K. Rowling into this shit briefly. Hopefully we won't get too far into it. Who think that they are champions for the LGBTQ community and they are not because they are saying words that harm people within the LGBTQ community. So that's what we're getting at. I feel like my words weren't coming right, but like that's what we're getting at is that they think they are because part of what they say aligns with what other people within that community believe but part of what they say is really harmful towards specifically non-binary and people with any sort of gender fluidity or people who are not even non-binary, but who feel, you know, different um, places on the spectrum, mm-hmm. not 100% one end or the other. Like there are components of this that, okay, that maybe aligns with some of what the LGBTQ community agrees with. And there are components that do not. But them saying, oh, yay, we're super acceptant of... of what is the word acceptant? That's not the word. Accepting. Accepting. <laughs> We're super accepting of this community, but we will not like fully agree with the tenets of their their like life, basically. So therefore, they're not. They're not accepting of this community. Yeah. So we all agree in that regard. In addition to them saying that everyone is either 100% masculine or 100% uh, feminine, which they do say that this comes out of various religious teachings. Like, I mean, Christianity is very much like this. I mean, you even... You talked about Zeus, although it wasn't um, bin- it wasn't like masculine and feminine in what you were talking about, but the splitting of the soul. But like a lot of like Christian religions, other religions have this idea that it was like one being and it was split into male and and female. So that's where like some of this is coming from. That doesn't excuse um, 
language that excludes an entire population of people. They, in addition to having this thought process, they also, um, Jeff and Shalia, because they have like divine sight and they, they, they have some sort of like over time, they have gotten more and more um, into the role of like, we are the leaders and we have the knowledge. They've moved more and more from this place of just like, oh, yeah, we've created this way for people to come together. And here's how we understand Twin Flames and from all of the spiritual teaching to be like, no, we are the spiritual leaders and we have divine information. So Jeff and Shalia can actually tell people when their energy is masculine or feminine. So this answers your question earlier, Jess. Ick. <clears throat> yep. Playing God. So if you have somebody that says, no, my energy is feminine or masculine, whatever, will they argue with them? Yes, they will. So sometimes they will have someone who is so devoted to like their teachings that they'll just be like, of course, I'll, I'll go that way. Sometimes they have someone who's already kind of on that journey and they might hold, have a really supportive stance in that and like guiding them to like be who you really are. Like think about, you know, and help them do that inner work to like be reflective and be like, you know, who are you? What is your energy? And sometimes they will just completely pull it out of left field and say, you are feminine and the other person will resist and they will say, no, you are absolutely feminine. You are resisting. You know, you need to do your mirror work. You saying this crap about me putting something on you, turn that around and on yourself. Go do your mirror work. You need to go do your mirror work. Like that's their mentality. Ick. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So the reason that they think that they can claim whether someone is masculine or feminine, I said that they're kind of growing in their spiritual like identity. But to be more specific about that, over time, they actually came to the place of saying that they believe that they are the second coming of Jesus Christ. Oh, so all of wow. their teaching is not 100 percent based in Christianity, but it's pulled off of Christianity and then has some like influences from other religions like eastern religions and different things but they now say that they are the second coming of jesus christ they've said that shalia is the mother christ jeff is the father christ and their yet to be conceived daughter grace will be the princess of all creation and Ew. together the trio is the master christ eternal ruler of all creation by god's loving hand what? I hope for that girl, future girl's sake, that she's never born and has to be told she's the princess of all creation by yeah. her parents. They actually have had a, a couple, like a miscarriage recently and like different yeah. things. That I I'm just sorry. Didn't even... I should take it all back. No, no, I, no. No, but I'm not shaming anybody. Like, I don't want people who can't get pregnant to feel like I'm just saying these people are creepy and I wouldn't want them to raise a little girl. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. And I wasn't trying to say that in response to what you're saying more as just saying like, I wonder what they would do and like how they would handle that. Once they announced they were pregnant, which they announced really early, they were like already calling the baby Grace, but then they had a miscarriage. And like, so I think it follows a little bit in some of that. Like if you have this divine knowledge, like what? I don't know. What if your baby's a boy? Why, like, if, I guess yeah. then they would yeah. probably just say that the baby's energy is 100% feminine. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's just, it feels yucky, but I agree with you, Jess. I'm not trying to say that I'm, you know, obviously that is an, um, it's a horrible a measurable pain for, that yes. I can't imagine. And I am sorry that they had to experience that. But right I, now they do not have a child. But also perhaps good that they're not parents. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's definitely a, a piece of it. So anyway, with all of these practices, um, what ends up happening is that there are multiple occurrences of someone being told that they are a different gender than the one they identify as. Someone being told that their twin flame is a person of a gender they are not attracted to. 
and someone being told that they are not committed enough or trying hard enough to find their twin flame. And then someone having their own concerns attacked with Jeff and Shalia's like mere bullshit saying that their experiences are a reflection of their inner world. So all of this is your fault. If you don't have your twin flame yet, if you haven't convinced that ex of yours that he's your twin flame, this is all your fault. So with all of this pressure, what we have is people who have actually transitioned, even though they have never had gender dysphoria or any thoughts about they were confident within the um, uh, identity, the gender they identified as. And they have since then transitioned to a different gender. Some of them taking on different pronouns and different names. We also have people who have endured relationships with someone they did not see as a partner. Because when they have resistance, they're told that they need to try it. They need to do their mirror work. And they so like there are examples of people trying for months and years to form a relationship with someone who perhaps is someone of the same sex when they are there do not identify as gay or perhaps someone of a different sex when they do identify as gay because they are following this guidance. We also have some people who have stalked their twin flame because the twin flame was resistant and said, no, you're not. We broke up years ago or no. Or there have been some instances where someone said, no, I'm I'm not. I'm not a a masculine energy, 100%. I quit, I leave. And then the person that Jeff and Shalia said was their twin flame will continue to stalk and bother them. So we actually have multiple restraining orders that have been taken out against people because they have gone to great lengths to try and get their twin flame. That's crazy. So all of this boils down to, I mean, at this point in time, there are tons of coaches that have gone through their own thing and have their own YouTube videos. It's painful. I, it's, it's hard to to watch like these coaches and I don't know, like I don't want to say that I can know or identify how a person is feeling inside. And I genuinely hope that they have found a person that they connect with. But you see two people on screen who like aren't even touching each other and don't seem to have any chemistry that are going saying like, oh, yes, we're twin flames. Absolutely. Follow our teachings. And it just feels like you are clearly forced into this situation. There are some cases where both parties have transitioned um, and are now identifying as genders other than the sex that they were born. And I really hope that they have found who they are. But I'm very scared when I watch these videos and I see just people just honestly, and again, maybe this is me. Maybe I just need to fucking get out of, out of, Like, I can't judge another person's experience. But from my external viewing of this, it feels wrong. I'm watching these people and I feel like they are not themselves. I feel like they are being performative. Mm -hmm. And it hurts me if this is where they ended up. And I genuinely hope that they feel like they have found their identity. But it hurts to think that they haven't and they've gone through this. And now they're spreading their teachings Mm -hmm. to other people. Like, I, I would say you have a right to comment on their behavior as someone who has studied human behavior. Yes, you focused on children, but you can apply that to, and you can read people to a certain extent. Is it 100% accurate? No, but I think you're credible enough to be like, yeah, if Kelly says they seemed kind of like they were faking it, then she's probably right. And it's without a doubt that some of these people are at this point in time, enough people have left and turned away that like we know that it's not working 100 percent. So if I just statistically know some of y'all aren't happy in your identity or with your twin flame, that sucks. This is my observation. I I would think that a relationship with 
two people that have both gender transitioned against their natural inclination, trying to be in a relationship together, that has got to be one fucked up situation. Because I can't imagine, I don't, I can't imagine that no matter what your reasonings are, if you don't identify as a gender that you transition, that you go through all of the, it's not like being, even being in a body that you were born with that you don't necessarily identify with. You took all of these steps, went through pain, went through surgery, took away the gender that you identify with to become a gender that you don't identify with. You're going to tell me that 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 anybody that does that is going to find peace. I, I do question how many have like medically transitioned or yeah, because there's a great deal of trans people who don't medically transition and, and, <laughs> and never that's, will and, and never, never will. will. And that's yeah. And so, so but like societally I'm... and culturally transitioning is still a big fucking thing and a yeah. big deal. And there is a lot of like emotional and mental pain that goes with that sometimes if it's not your identity. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I would say it's very similar to, someone who is trans being forced to not transition. Yes. And that same amount of pain is going to go towards someone who is being forced to transition. Right. Because all it comes down to is that you're pretending to be this person that you know in your fucking heart that you're not. That you're not. Yeah. And I totally agree. I think that, like you said, Salem, it's, it's, it aligns like it absolutely aligns with so like this idea that you're creating this space where you're allowing people to transition you are causing just as much harm as you as not allowing someone to transition and i understand what you're saying too salem that i can't imagine the pain of someone go like taking actions like yes maybe they haven't had um, maybe they haven't had surgery, yeah, maybe. but, I but jumped, even I hormone therapy. I was going to say yeah. a lot of them have had hormone therapy and that is not like, that is a physical mm-hmm. thing. That is that a changes physical, your body. That cha- structure. Yes. It like, is a, like a medical intervention, even if it's not surgery. And some of them have had surgery from what I read. And some of them, I hope like that's what they wanted. And, but I do wonder like the added pain of like, I don't believe in this, but I'm doing it because I'm told that I'm going to be happy someday. And then you put those people together and force them to have a relationship yeah. that they don't want to have. That they don't want to have. And say, well, that he that person is your twin flame. You will only be happy if you, you're not doing enough of your mirror work because you're only going to be happy with your twin flame. So you can't be happy anywhere else. So this is your fault. You need to lean into this more. I would argue that this is potentially doing more damage Mm -hmm. because not only is it the individual damage of those people who lives they're affecting, but societally Mm -hmm. it's creating this picture that trans people bad Mm -hmm. essentially. And I fucking know for a fact that there is some conservative shithead out there who is going to use this as an example and Uh say, look, they're forcing people to transition. Mm -hmm. Trans people deserve to die. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a slippery slope that is like, it's already happening. It's already happening. There's already like some people talking about how this is going to be. Well, okay. I can't say it's already happening from like conservatives taking it, but there's already people who are critics of this, who are saying like, they're gonna take this and latch onto it. Well, I thought of something really sad. Like, just think about the group of people that they're preying on. If you're going to, if you are someone who is going to kind of latch on to this idea of finding your twin flame, there's a chance, there's a likely chance that you have been unlucky in love. You've been trying for a while. You really want a companion and you just can't seem to find anybody. I'm picturing Raj from Big Bang Theory, right? Like, 
And so they're preying on their desire to have a lifetime companion, you know? Yeah, lonely people are very easy to prey on. <laughs> and that's what we see is the theme in these groups. that we're t- So we've talked a lot about the spiritual groups. So the first one was more like spiritual lightning and like trauma healing. This one is more relationship and seeking, like finding that person. There are a bunch that are like financial gurus mm-hmm. who are going to help yeah. you to be successful financially in your life. All of these are preying on the thing that the things that we want most in life. You know, mm-hmm. we want to be healed from our past traumas to feel happiness and safety. We want to have people we can share our life with and companions. We want to be stable enough that we can experience the joys of life and not have the stressors of, of um, society and money and those sorts of things. These are like basic human needs that we all have. And that is what they are preying on. And that is what makes it so dangerous. It makes it so that, yes, there you can find help in there. Like if you want to heal your trauma, maybe Brene Brown has a word or two that can help you. Sure, absolutely. But she can't solve that problem. And if she were to say, oh, yes, I can give me all the money, then she's preying on vulnerable people. Brene yes. Brown would never do that because she's amazing. <laughs> but like, She sees the power in being vulnerable. She, she does. Vulnerability, <laughs> that's her thing. So that's what makes this really, really dangerous. When we're speaking specifically about twin flames, I mean, the reality is that their LGBTQ acceptance is performative. It's superficial. Luckily, a lot of people have left. Um, I feel like more people have left uh, Twin Flames than Teal, but maybe that's just what I could find. A lot of people have left Teal Swan as well. So I'm happy that they're leaving and, and going on their own journey and realizing when they how they may have been misled. But thousands upon thousands of people are still involved in these types of organizations. And it's really, really dangerous. And then, like, well, I guess, is there anything else you would want to say on the Twin Flames thing? I I think it's just... I I don't think that they understand the real life, real world implications and like damages that they're causing by doing that. They don't care. Or yeah, they either don't realize it or they do realize it and they don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's even more dangerous. Like you said, Hannah, I think, and kind of like what you said, Salem, I think it's more dangerous because you're putting people through a transition they wouldn't even necessarily, they wouldn't otherwise have. So like, yes, there's pain when you're going through your transition and now we're adding you know, you're putting th- people through transitions they wouldn't have. There's additional pain because of like societally mm-hmm. the impact of what this says about how what we care about trans people and specifically trans people who don't fit into their definition of trans people. Because, oh, you yeah. can be trans if you um, are 100% masculine, but you can't be like gender fluid. So like it's this, the, yeah. the, their messaging on gender fluidity, on non-binary, on intersex or lack mm-hmm. of messaging really that is excluding all of these people mm-hmm. is really, really harmful. And then there was a third reason that's also harmful that I've now forgotten. <laughs> Well, there's also the fact that they don't allow them to choose their gender. They don't even allow them. It's like you still don't have autonomy over your own body and your own, you know, identity. Yeah. I mean, they can choose not to transition, I guess, and be in a gay relationship. They can. And I will say they don't. 
pressure them to do any changes to the physical body blatantly, but they kind of do subtly, but they do emphasize, like they say things like, oh, well, if you're not happy in your twin flame union, well, then you're not leaning into your masculinity enough. Mm. So it's like, they're not like, you don't have to change your name. You don't have to change your body, but you have to change your behaviors to lean more into that masculine energy. And so, so and then they'll say things more. like, yeah, that's exactly it. And so then they'll say things like, you know, if you did choose to cut your hair and take hormones, that would be leaning into your masculine energy. It's all this deceptive, like, mm-hmm. we're not telling you what to do, but we're telling you what to do. And that's another thing that comes up as a theme in all of these different, yeah, these different gurus, these different mm-hmm. self-help industry, uh, self-help organizations. Yeah. So I do want to just wrap us up a little bit by talking about the added danger right now. So those are a couple of examples. There are tons and tons of gurus mm-hmm. out there. There are tons of people who are taking advantage of other people. I encourage you to look for red flags and, you know, tally up those red flags and like don't make decisions that are going to drastically change your life based on what other people say. Uh, One thing that's really scary in this unregulated industry is that we also have the more pyramidal structures Mm -hmm. of increasing the number of life coaches out there. So now we also have this world where people who themselves are coaches are like being taken advantage of by the life coaching industry as a whole because they're saying you're going to be happy if you're a coach if you do xyz if you pay for this certification if you Mm -hmm. go through this and this and this and then you need to go and say that same thing to other Mm -hmm. people you're going to be happy if you why don't you come and be a coach and so even if it's not the same as a true pyramid scheme in that coaches get like have a downline and they benefit from people who come in we do have this like expansion we're bringing more and more people through this none of these people are qualified to run their own businesses there is there are um, two big life coaching organizations and one is run by brooke castillo and i believe it's like the life coaching school i think is what it's called life coach school and so she has no real she provides these certifications that then become the justification and the authority for people when they're doing this harm so they'll be out there and they'll be saying oh but i am a certified life coach from some random bitch who (laughs) made you pay her a bunch of money and said here's your certificate exactly there is an actual organization called the international coaching federation icf that wanted that once that is an independent credentialing body they wanted to impose a set of standards and a code of ethics in the industry however people like Brooke Castillo who runs the life coach school which i believe is bigger than the international coaching federation at this point um, reject the icf and say that it's clubby and ineffective and dismiss it and so in order for them to be able to continue operating with no regulations. It's an entirely unregulated industry. And anytime anyone wants to put some sort of credentialing body in place or some sort of over, you know, I'm going to check on on you doing what you're supposed to be doing, it's met with resistance. The only reason you would not want a code of ethics or some like kind of check in place is if you know that you're breaking a code of ethics yeah like exactly (laughs) but she wants to like teal swan brooke castillo wants to be able to say i am the authority i don't need to report to anyone else because by her saying i am the authority she says my credential program through life coach school is the most valid and is the only way for you to be able to run your business and it actually has become a really highly respected 
credential to have in life coaching. And I find that extremely dangerous Mm -hmm. because it does not include training on mental health, on it's not a program that has been like vetted by other people who are mental health professionals. And I myself have witnessed people that I've gone to college with, people that I've seen out in, that I've met in the world who now have their own life coaching business. Some of them have a life coach school credential. Some of them do not that are now doing deep work with people talking about finding your true self and healing your trauma when they have no qualifications for it. So we are spreading this. And even if no one makes it to the level of Teal Swan and Jeff and Shalia, there are people Mm -hmm. every day interacting with vulnerable people, taking their money and giving them information that they have zero authority to give. Yeah, That is dangerous and that is not okay. Agreed. Yeah. Mic drop. The <laughs> end. I this is kind. Of, I think it kind of fits in the, into the same vein, but there's like a huge upswing in like Instagram and YouTube and like TikTok motivational speakers, which yeah. I feel like are kind of in the same vein. They don't take as much money from people. I think that like life coaches do because that's a reoccurring expense that mm-hmm. you would have. Whereas like motivational speakers are like, take this one class of mine and it's $500 and then come to this one like speaking session that I have. But it's, I think it's part of that like, that like hustle mentality yes, that we yeah. as, a, as a society have kind of adopted. It's like, I I am rich and so I have all of the answers and I can tell you how to be rich or I yeah. have love and I can teach you how to have love. Yes. Like you said, it's just preying on those vulnerabilities that people want so desperately that they would do anything to find. So they're going to find these people who they find trustworthy for some reason or another And it's even more of a problem when it's, like, all over social media. And so it's, like, younger people finding this now, too. Absolutely. They're the 21st century's version of snake oil salesmen. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Because they would ride into town with a miracle cure, which Mm -hmm. at that time, that's what everybody wanted. Because people were sick, and it was hard times, and it was rough, and blah-dee-dee-blah. But now they have a direct line to everyone. Right. They don't have to ride media. into they town They don't have to anymore. ride into town. There's no more Wells Fargo wagon coming no, in. coming yeah. down the street. And so now Sorry. we have this, um, oh, Harold Hill was a good scammer. Everyone should scam more like Harold <laughs> he Hill. Was, well, it, he, anyway. He, was he good at scamming? Because it didn't succeed he in the end. He didn't succeed in the end, but he just <laughs> wanted to pretend to give people instruments, but not actually give them instruments. That's not, anyway. Um, now we have this blurred. Watch music man. We have this blurred line between influencers and like motivational speakers Mm -hmm. or even further like influencers and then like spiritual catalysts as Teal Swan and her followers call her. Like it's this blurred line where you can you can craft what you want people to see like you can on on social media. And at best you are you know, making money off your ads as you're spreading information. Maybe you're not actually making money off people all that much, but you're spreading misinformation and you're not really helping people. That's at best. At worst, you convince someone to possibly take their own life. Yeah. Or, yeah. or you know, change genders. Or, you know, transition when they do not feel like they need to transition. Like, at worst, you are fucking with people's lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I I don't think that even I'm in a strong stance. (laughs) People on my Facebook feed take note. I don't think that even if your reach is very small, I don't think that excuses you. No, if you are ever, ever, ever talking about 
like try, I mean, and I, I provide reflective consultation in my job where I talk about things. But anytime we get into like trauma work, I say, well, that's not an area that I can help you with. I would recommend you go to someone else. So I'm not saying that you don't talk about things like I'll talk to you about your challenges, your emotions, your things that are coming up. I train on trauma. But if you are crossing that line into yeah. saying I have an answer or I'm going to tell you things when I don't have the knowledge to tell you this or I'm going to make up my own stuff, even if you do that to one person in your tiny little business that you have, it's not okay. It's mm-hmm. not okay. Yeah. That was really, really serious and passionate and I made know. me forget the funny thing. I was <laughs> well, that would have been funny if you said it. Oh, I was going to make a bad joke. See, I made you guys all stay on and it's not going to be worth it. Are you ready? <laughs> well, no, I no. Seriously, though, like I always thought of life coaches as more of like as weird as it sounds like queer eye. Somebody who comes in and helps you yeah. dress better and organize your closet, organize <laughs> your closet and cook. And you know what I mean? Like. I always saw that more as a life coach. Here's how you get a date. Like, you know what I mean? Not do you not God, because that was always religion, you know? And I will say again, like I get really emphatic at the end of all this, but like we've said many times, there are many life coaches out there who are doing nice things for people and who are connecting with them and guiding them and like you know, you have your YouTube channel and you're just saying like, here's what I have learned in my life. Let me help you. And I think that that's okay. If you even want to do individual coaching sessions where someone learns from you in that way, I think that is okay too. I think you need to avoid advertising in ways that is triggering to me on social media by using words (laughs) that are like clearly beyond your reach. But I also think, you know, you have to have boundaries in, in your moments and I'm not in your sessions. Maybe you have boundaries and you're saying like, well, that's not something I can help you with, but I'd be happy to, you know, recommend a hotline number that can talk to you about those things or whatever. I I think it comes down to knowing your scope and knowing that you are not the end all be all and not pretending to be the end all be all. And I bet there are many people out there who are that. I bet that they have zero qualifications except for some life coach school certification, (laughs) but their experience might be valid in their connections with other people. And I hope that they help people and I hope they know their boundaries. Well, and I think as long as you're also like, especially in terms of mental health, like I would go to my friends and talk to them and ask for them for their advice. And then I would also go to my therapy session right? because I know that like the advice I get from my friends is still valuable to some extent and I can take and leave whatever I want. Yeah. But I know that this mental health professional is going to help me more than that because that's what they are supposed to do. <laughs> and it's just it's just makes me yucky when I think about you're going to a person who is not qualified mental health professional, but you're still paying them a, a weekly coaching yeah. session. And you and like the problem is, like Jess was saying, this isn't cleaning your closet or helping you have a makeover. Like we're talking about life issues. And that is what therapy and, me- and mental health professionals are for. And I do agree, you can access therapy in a variety of ways. Your therapy might be communing with nature, meditation, mm-hmm. talking with friends. But if you have to pay someone to do those things, yeah, it just feels like you should be paying a therapist. Yeah. yeah. Know your worth swings both ways. <laughs> yes. Uh, know, that you, know when you are worth an, a certain amount of money for the time that you're providing. And then also know... Well, maybe you shouldn't be getting that money. <laughs> you're not worth. <laughs> when that you're money. not worth that money. <laughs> that's valid. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the end of my story. Thanks for listening to me. I just want to throw shade on people trying to do things that are <laughs> beyond their scope by giving examples of the worst of the worst. Even though I know that many out there are not not that bad, but that's all right. Just just be better. That's all. Oh, I want to very briefly. 
just talk about how there there is I think when you're talking about transitioning, it's like obviously very complicated and very individual to the individual who is transitioning, choosing to or not. And I want to take this moment to say that detransitioning is also okay. And like there are plenty of trans people who believe at one point that they want to medically transition, they get to a different part in their life, they realize they don't want to have medically transitioned and they detransition. That doesn't make their experience any less valid. Mm-mm. And I feel like similarly to some of the people involved in the Twins Flames universe, <laughs> it's such a silly name. <laughs> it is, it is. I can't even think about it without laughing. The TFU. TFU. That... I don't know. I feel like it trivializes the idea of detransitioning and makes Mm. it more of a a joke to people. And it's also trivializing just transness in general. It's just just making it seem like you can just you you can just do this thing that someone else tells you you should do because yeah. of what your energy is mm-hmm. instead of it being a very personal and individual process and that is really important right. to mention because i think that you know we we kind of zoom through what their take is on things and we kind of share some of our opinions but we need to, to need to emphasize that it is a very personal process it yes. is a very individual process and if you've gone through that process because you are coerced to do so, you can still make a decision about what is best for you and absolutely choose to yes. detransition. If you've gone through that process because you chose to, you can absolutely make that choice. So I think right. that is a really important message for us to emphasize. I yeah. mean, we all go through phases in our lives no matter how old we get, right? Yeah. And so, And when I say phases, I don't mean like, oh, the teenage phase, but I just mean we're not the same person for our whole lives. Like, yeah, we do certain things that serve us in I'll, the moment mm-hmm. and then right. later we don't need that. Right. I'll be different in nine years when I'm 50 than I am right now. And not just cause I'll be wrinklier and <laughs> more stiff than I am now. But, yeah. and yeah. so I think that's very valid to put out there to, to anybody like you are free to choose who you want to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Trans rights. Oh. Trans rights. <laughs> That's it. Well, that was a f- effed up story, Kelly. Yeah, screw these people. Now it's time uh-huh. for something not effed up. <laughs> burr, burr, burr. What? Pee-pee-pee. No. <laughs> no. Oh, that's what what was it? It was gonna be Happy Pee Pee. No. All right, well I'm gonna I'm gonna just let people in on a little behind the scenes of what was happening around the Super Bowl. You may or may not have known. <laughs> I like her um, like smooth jazz radio voice all of a sudden. Talk about a little behind the scenes. Some people may know, but I just wanna like if you don't know, I wanna send you to this place to learn some be- to see some beautiful things. So in this year's Super Bowl, it was the Philadelphia Eagles against the Kansas city chiefs woo woo and um it was the first time in history well first of all it's first time in history that we had two black quarterbacks which is amazing but it's also first time in history where two brothers faced each other on the field (laughs) and those brothers were jason kelsey who was the center for the philadelphia eagles and travis kelsey who is the best tight end to ever play football that's right (laughs) on the kansas city chiefs and he's best tight end to ever play football ever but he's on the kansas city chiefs and these two people started a podcast at the beginning of this year. And so I don't know if many people know this, but if you don't, here is your little, like, go and listen to New Heights podcast. New Heights, because they're from 
someplace outside of someplace that has heights in the title. I don't know. But they're and where every week throughout the season, they would kind of like break down each other's games and they would talk like as we went through Christmas, they like talked about their family traditions. And, um, you know, you kind of got to see this brother relationship as they were professional football players. And you got to hear about their mama, Mama Kelsey, who um, supports them and goes to like every game. And when they played each other, she had like a, a split jersey that had like Aww. half Kelsey, half Kelsey. And so you're getting to follow this journey. And all of this leads up to the two actually playing in the Super Bowl, which is really, really cool. So Kansas City Chiefs obviously won that Super Bowl. <laughs> um, but after the game, you also got to see them kind of reflect together as brothers with Jason, you know, having been on the losing side and Travis being on the winning side. And they talked about how it was such a beautiful year and a beautiful experience for them and for their family to have that kind of light shown on, like, their mama, Kelsey. Everyone celebrated her. She was on the Jumbotron of Super Bowl wearing her, like, jacket that was, like, half Eagles, half Chiefs. And um, they both just talked about how it was such a beautiful experience to, like, have all this love shown onto their family and how they were, like, really proud of each other. And it was just really nice. So if you don't like sports... There's a little human interest story that went along with the season, and you can check out New Heights podcast because it's just beautiful to see brothers, you know? They really we have a family podcast, and yeah. there's another family yeah. podcast out there in the world for you. Although I feel That's like cool. they really make our sibling relationships look bad. <laughs> I mean, they give each other shit and stuff, too. They give each other shit, without a doubt. And they, they make fun of each other a little bit, and they had their mom on the podcast, and mom was giving them a little yeah. shit, too. And, like, it was... It was fun, I think. I think they're a little more produced than us. I think they both have a producer who writes up their agenda and shows it on a screen for them. And they have a script that they read from that was not written by them. So, like, they might seem a little bit more put together, but they're just a family. Like, we're we're a family. But we're authentic. Yeah. It's 100% real. We're real. That's right. (laughs) It's time to get real. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I just think that sports can really bring people together, and I love sports, but if you don't love sports, there's also humans. Humans can bring people together. So that's... Accurate. That's my fun little story. I like it. I like it. Go Kelsey's. There was also things going around after the Super Bowl that on the field, Jason Kelsey said, fuck you, congratulations, after the Super Bowl. (laughs) And he was like, I did not say that. I mean, I feel like it tracks with his personality, but he was like, no, I didn't say that. But that would have been really funny, though. I know. I was like, that's <laughs> like, perfect. He totally should have said that. That's what I would have said. Yeah. Fuck I you. Mean, Congratulations. I know. I think that's great. And then Travis was, like, crying on the podium um, in his press conference when he was talking about Jason, like, losing, basically. Like, it's just like, I don't know. I just love their brothership. It's that's fun. Cool. That's all. Are we so done sweet. yet? We are done. Wow. I think We're Kelly done. wants to go. Let's go. Bye. <laughs> that was fast. Sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> Are we done yet? It's abrupt. Well, it's, it's not a road trip. Sometimes when I feel like I'm talking, I feel like people are tired of listening to me. Oh. And then I'm just like, oh, we're going to be done. Uh-huh. <laughs>